Welcome to the Amazing Grace Podcast show with Tamala Coleman. We pray that you will be inspired, blessed, and encouraged by what you hear weekly as you tune into Amazing Grace on the Faith Broadcast. Now your host, Tamala Coleman. for tuning in to Amazing Grace with Tamala Coleman right here on Faith Broadcast. All praises to God for this is the day that the Lord has made and we shall, I said we shall rejoice and be glad in it. And I hope that you all in Radio Land have had an awesome and blessed day as well. This show is about encouraging, inspiring, through testimonies, relationships, and most importantly, the love of God. I am so excited to bring on special guests to speak about their trials, their struggles, their deliverance, and their breakthroughs, and informative topics. I am truly honored to bring on shows that will change, inspire, and motivate you each and every week. Well, listeners, tonight, I am so excited tonight to have a special guest with me. She is a woman of God who has experienced the good, the bad, and the ugly, yet she thrives to make a difference in the lives of others. Praise God. My guest this evening is an author of The Shattering Two, Breaking the Silence, and The Shattering, A Child's Innocence Betrayed. Both books are stories of inspiration. She is also an advocate and child sex abuse and motivational speaker, and she has been speaking as a motivational speaker for over 20 years. Hallelujah to that. My guest will share with us tonight how we can go from victim to victor. So without further ado, allow me to introduce my special guest, this woman of God, Miss Marsha Barth. How are you doing this evening, Miss Barth? I am doing so good, Tamala. Thank you so much for this opportunity to join with your ministry and just be able to speak to the hurting and broken people out there and for yes. victory. That That's the great word, victory. Thank you. Yes, victory. We are victorious. We are victorious. And I am so so happy to have you with me tonight, Miss Barth. I'm going to call you Marsha because you are, have actually been on the show before. You're a returning guest, and I'm so excited about it. And I, you have just really blessed me with your testimony and your past, your journey. And just before we go into that, just kind of let us a little bit, let our listeners know who Miss Marsha Barth is. Well, a little bit like you were saying, my name is Marcia Bartha. A lot of my friends call me Marty. Feel free to call me that. I am an author, speaker, and advocate. Um, as an author, like you say, I've written uh, The Shattering and The Shattering Too. Uh, the first book is basically a book where they're both written in novel form, and you get to be able to become with the child, and it will help you understand why a child doesn't speak up and what that child has actually experienced. Um, the second book continues where the first one leaves off, but I always tell people they both have good, very good endings. Um, the second book deals more with the healing journey. Uh, the first book deals more with the hope that I found. And both books are not 
meant ever to be stories of victimization, but they are stories of the power of love, the promise of hope, and the joy of overcoming. Uh, so as an author, that's pretty much. As a advocate, I have met with um, the governor, our current governor here in Pennsylvania, and given him a copy of the book. I've been involved in advocacy work. I was blessed to uh, meet Michelle Ridge, who is the former governor's wife, and she has a lot of uh, love and passion for the prevention of child abuse. Uh, Congressman and Congresswomen, Maury Ginrich actually endorsed the second book, The Shattering, and I've been able to speak it for PCAR, which is the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape. Uh, I've also been able to speak for National Victims Day at the Capitol and just a lot of advocacy events. Um, my favorite thing of speaking has been probably always will be is speaking in the prisons, the correctional facilities. Um, the reentry programs, the homeless, and pre- pretty much where you'll find the broken. I've done crime impact classes for uh, SCI, the State Correctional Institutes, their boot camp here in Pennsylvania, and just my heart's passion where you really feel I can take the message where it really hits home from victim to victor is in the prisons and the rehabs. So that's a little bit about me and what I do. Um, I don't know if you want to know where I came from. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Just kind of tell us about your journey and, you know, how did it all start? What is the the story behind the story? Well, the story is, is, is it's not really so much different than everyone. Everyone has a story. My story actually starts in the beautiful hills of West Virginia, Um In a nutshell, my mom was 19 when she gave birth to me, but in retrospect, I was her fourth child. So I think people can do the math, and I have three wonderful big brothers that I always call my heroes, and I was the only girl. So at 19, my mom found herself married with four children. We lived on top of a hill, which is very common for West Virginia, and I always tell people we lived in a three-room house, and that's not to be mistaken for a three-bedroom house. The uh, It was three rooms, and the bathroom was uh, about 150 foot up the hill, and the horseshoe pegs was another 150 foot, and the cliff that went straight down was 150 foot from the horseshoe peg. So I always tell people, we never chased the ball after the horseshoe pegs. <laughs> and they, they figure that out later. I also tell them the, the house definitely wasn't HGTV approved, but we were a family. And uh, a lot of people asked me if I was afraid of the uh, the, the cliff. And uh, I said, because there was no fence around it, there's still no fence around it to this day. And uh, I said, no, I was afraid of the outhouse. And they usually laugh and ask me why. And I said, because... They cut those holes for big people. I used to have more nightmares of falling down the outhouse than I did over the cliff. But that was a little bit of just our home. But but it was it was a good. I had good people in my family. Um, I was blessed to have good people in my family. Sadly, I had some people that weren't good. So by the time I was about four years old, my grandfather had sexually abused me. And then we moved from that little house to a bigger house uh, because we had lived next door to my grandparents. And then 
Shortly thereafter, we moved to the bigger house, and my cousin came to live with us, and she became like a big sister, and we shared a bedroom. And her mom, uh, which was my mom's sister, her, her mom would have nervous breakdowns, and every time she went in the hospital, someone in the family took her in. And sadly, she had had a really sad life, but I loved her. She became like a big sister to me, and uh, we came, came very close. She would do my hair. She made a dress in home ec, and she was in high school, and she made me a dress to match hers. And and um, I really thought my dad let up on his drink, and he was an alcoholic, and for a season he'd let up, and then he would start drinking. But everything came to a halt when she was about 16. She had lived with us about two years. She came to live with us when she was about 14. I was only about seven or eight. Um, but my dad got her pregnant, and he denied it was his child, and it destroyed her life. And before him and my mom could get divorced, um, he had started sexually abusing me, but my mother did not, did not know that. I don't think her, uh, my mom was my hero, too. She, I have a wonderful mom. Um, I think it's very hard for Fathom to even imagine that my dad could have did that to my cousin. But I don't think it was even in the concept of my mom's mind that he could do that to his own daughter. So through the years, no one knew that. No one knew of the brokenness and the abuse until I was 19 and engaged to my husband, who has been my husband for 46 years. And uh, But through those brokenness, through the brokenness and... I had found a hope, Tamala, and the hope was found that we'd walk up this little dirt road. Ironically, it's still a dirt road to this day, and at the top of the hill there was a little Sunday school, a little church, a little country church, and my three brothers and I would walk up that dirt road, and my little cocker spaniel uh, doggy that we had adopted or she had adopted us would follow us up that road, and She'd actually sleep at the church door and wait for us to come out of Sunday school. And it was in that little Sunday school that I found a Jesus that was real. Now, the religion wasn't real, and a lot of the people in the church weren't real. But that Jesus I found when I gave my heart to him, he became very, very real to me. And through my life, he began to give me a hope And it was a hope that my life could be so different, that my life didn't have to be like the rest of my family's. And he began to talk to my heart and love me and give me promises that if I would put him first, he'd give me the desires of my heart. And and the desire I had, I remember around 12 when I rededicated my life to him, God said to me, if you give me the desires of your heart, he said, if you give me your whole soul and heart, give you every desire of your heart and I and I kind of said in my heart God I know two things that I want at 12 years old I want to go to college which seemed impossible because you have to remember we didn't even have running water till I was six (laughs) and I wanted a Christian husband I knew that at 12 even though I was in the midst of probably the worst of the abuse and I that didn't seem possible to me Tamala because who would want a damaged vessel who would ever want me if they knew what had what what had been done to me? So 
both of those seem maybe a given to people today, but for me, they were far, far stretched dreams. But I believed, I believe so, as I fought through the battles and fought in the books. Books go into that, and the books go into the trials and the hardship, but they go into the joys and the victories and the overcoming. And as I went through those things, just for one example, it was six years after that, six years. And God God is always a true God, and yes. he will not promise you something that he will not keep. Yes. And six years later, totally unexpected, I was walking down the hall one day, and I got called into the principal's office. Now, this principal scared us, even scared my brothers. He had a crew cut. He was a ex-Marine drill sergeant, and all he had to do was look at us. And, uh, and every kid in the school lined up just, just with a look from me. So I got called into the principal's office, and I was pretty concerned. I didn't know what I had done. I had only ever been in the principal's office one time, and that was in seventh grade. And uh, a little history again, I was in the principal's office back then because a boy at the bus stop kept picking on my little cousin. And every day he picked on him, and one day he picked on him and shoved him down a ditch. And I just went over to him and I shook my finger and I said, you leave my cousin alone. And I don't know what the boy was thinking, but he definitely forgot I had three big brothers. Um, <laughs> he made the mistake of saying, make me. So I did. <laughs> I beat him up and I dragged him through the mud puddle and his mom was pretty big on the PTA. So I got called into the principal's office and course I had to explain everything and the principal wasn't happy but here I am like all these years later now I'm sitting in another principal's office and kind of you know nervous with this principal and all of a sudden he started talking to me like I had never seen him talk to any student and he said he asked me if I was going to college and I said I didn't know because of the money and he continued to talk to me and he said, well, if you can get permission, you can stay at my house with my wife. She's a principal in another school district. And he said, uh, we'll take you up to show you a college I'm, I was looking at for you. And I was just shocked. And so I did. I I went and I stayed overnight with my principal and his wife, and they drove me 100 miles up to a college. And after that, he got me full scholarship and that was the first part of the promise, and up there's where I met my husband, and we met each other and fell in love, and 46 years later, we've been married, and God is a promise keeper. Yes, he is. Yes, he is, and he's a faithful God, and I love it when you said that there is hope even in brokenness, because sometimes, you know, we succumb to our environment, and and the curse is never broken sometimes. And even in our brokenness, you know, God can bring us out of that. Now, I want to ask you as well, um, Marcia, that, Mar- Marcia, was it hard for you to forgive? How did you move to the path of forgiveness? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Tamala, because that is part of the study that I do when I go into the prisons and into the rehabs and I take them down a path of healing on a chart I developed going from victim to victor. And I 
And I try to tell them, see, so many times as Christian in religion, we tell people, oh, well, you know, you've got to forgive that person. You've got to forgive. I have never understood why we take people to forgiveness mm-hmm. until we take them to their hurt first. Jesus always went to the hurt first of the person. He always went to their pain, whether it was physical or otherwise. And so I tell him, I says, you take your hurt and you take your pain and you take your anger and you bring that to Jesus. And once you keep giving him that hurt and that pain and the anger, because you will feel hurt, you will feel pain, and you will feel anger. And as you begin to give that to him, he he takes that from you if you will let him, and then he can take you into forgiveness. And people yeah. don't understand what forgiveness is either, Tamala. Forgiveness is not releasing people of the accountability. It's releasing them of the debt they owe you. Yes. The yes. debt that my father owed me, according to Jesus' words, was that a stone should have been put around his neck and he should have been thrown into the deepest ocean. But what happened was I had to choose, did I want to release him of that debt? Now, I couldn't couldn't release him of that debt when I was still full of hurt and pain and anger. But as my Jesus healed me from the hurt, from the pain, from the anger, Mm -hmm. then I was able to release to him, no, Lord, I I don't want him to go to hell. Because that's what the debt was that he owed me. And so I began to release him. Also, debt means, it means like, if you look up the word forgiveness, the actual meaning of forgiveness means that you are choosing not to be angry at a person or an entity for doing something wrong to you. It is a choice not to be angry anymore about it. So once you give that anger to God, and it's a journey. It's not a microwave fix. And as you begin to forgive then you're able to make another choice. Do you want to hurt or do you want to help? Do you want to be in control or do you want to surrender? So as you come down here, what happens is you go from hurt, which is abused, you go from pain, which is a victim, you go from anger, which is just surviving and being a survivor, and you have no choice with those because that's what we feel with hurt and pain. But then after that, you have a choice. You either hang on to anger and become a revenger, even if you only revenge yourself and no one else. But that anger inside of you, if you hold on to it, will make you a revenger. If you release that anger to Christ, you become an overcomer. Then you go to forgiveness or unforgiveness. If you hold on to unforgiveness, you will become a retaliator. But if you release that forgiveness, you'll become a conqueror. If you choose to hurt, you will become an abuser. You'll go from abuse to abuser. If you decide to help, you go to a victor. You go from victim to victor. So we either go from from abuse to death or we go from abuse to life. And that's a journey. But God is a God who wants to make us whole from the brokenness. See, when we're shattered... Everything is shattered within us. Our hope, our dreams, our love, our trust, our heart, our identity, our innocence, our purity. Everything about us is shattered and we don't know how to put it together again. But Christ comes in and instead of making us like Humpty Dumpty and putting us together where everyone sees our cracks and our brokenness, he says he makes us a new creature in Christ. Behold, old things are passed away and all things become new. And, we, and, and he can do that 
if we will surrender. But people have to want to surrender. they got to surrender the old tools that don't work, the tools of denial, manipulation, minimization, justification, uh, control, anger. Once they don't work, those tools are what we use to try to get through life, past the hurt and pain as we hold on to them. But they, they don't work because there's no mercy, there's no accountability, and there's no love in those tools. Again, we have to surrender those to God. And as we do, he gives us new tools. He gives us hope and joy and his spirit and faith and promises. And he gives us counselors. He gives us ways to overcome. He leads us through paths into lightness that we've never had before. And and we truly do become a victor. And we have to deal to heal to feel again. But if we are willing to take the journey with Christ, all things become new, Tamala, all things. Yes, yes. And so many people tend to hold on to anger. And and, and that anger and holding it in, it becomes bitterness, you know. And Mm -hmm. when you become bitter, you know, it's a never-ending thing unless you really plead to God and seek God and you know God is a faithful God he is we can't do it in our own power anyway and it's not by might nor power it's by my spirit says the Lord so we have to give it all to him and as you said before we must submit everything to God because it's freedom we get peace from releasing that you know holding in unforgiveness is not healthy at all so when we release it then we're free from all of it and you know then we can go on with our lives you know and I remember you your testimony um, you sent to me about your testimony about your books and that your books are not just about victimization but the power of love and the promise of hope and the joy of overcoming and you have really wrapped all that up already and that one thread of hope can change your life forever that statement is so true one thread of hope can change your life forever and it all starts with the mind change we have to change our minds to that of Christ let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus so we have to come believe that we can move from victim to victor because we are victorious but in order for us to really grasp hold that that victorious uh, mindset then we have to have that relationship with God and I think you mentioned earlier you know when you came to Christ and you went to Sunday school and you and Jesus came into your life that at that time it was just religion but it wasn't relationship and a lot of people don't understand the difference there is a difference you know you can be religious about anything you know you can be religious about washing your car and you know just doing things the same way but the relationship with God that's your that's your your link to God and you know then your your mind your mind is going to change and and the God you're going to love the way God is working in your life and he begins to move and change some things in your life and I do remember you stating some things before to me that every test in our life makes us bitter or better. Yes. Now, that is a great quote right there. I tell you, it either is going to make us or break us. And you, that's you know, so tomorrow, one of the stories I tell when I go into prison, and it's, it's a, it was a, a turning point for me, and I must have only been between 10 and 12 years old, but it is about relationship. Religion mm-hmm. will... will 
will will scar people sometimes yes. because religion isn't relationship. But when you touch the hem of a garment of a oh, God that God. really loves you, that yes, you really Lord. matter, and you know that you're not what people say you are, you're not what people are trying to define you. And through the worst years of the abuse, I had this little bookmark that I must have gotten vacation Bible school, and I would thumbtack it into my wall every night, and I would go to bed, and I would take it off the wall. I'd climb up on my bedpost, and I'd hold it up to the light. I'd jump off, pull the light off, and put it back in the wall, and then I'd jump in bed, and I'd put my doll babies around me, hoping that would protect me when my dad would come into my room at night. But I would lay there and look at that bookmark on the wall, and on the top of the little bookmark, it had a picture of Jesus, but the bottom of it had a little purple velvet cloth, and on top of that was a it was a shield, and on top of that was a cross. And when you held it up to the dark, it would glow in the dark. And I would lay there and look at that little cross on my wall, glowing in the dark, and it became such a source of hope because I had touched the hem of the garment of the Jesus that had changed my life. And I knew it didn't matter what the teacher said. didn't matter what people said. Yeah, it hurt, and it took me down. But he was always there telling me, you know, you're more than this. You're more than conqueror. I got great things in store, but you're going to have to put me first. And as a little kid, I believed that. And every promise he gave me came to pass. It was a journey. It took time. But people try to numb their hurt and pain with drugs, Mm -hmm. with drinking, with workaholics, with anything they can but to deal or to heal to feel again. They say, oh, that's in the past. I don't have to deal with it. Well, you do. You go back to your past not to feel the pain, but you go back to your past to heal from it. You go back so that you can learn how to slay the giant. I get to go out and slay the very giant that tried to destroy me in the name of Jesus. You get to slay your dragons. You get to go back and heal. And you don't camp a tent back there. Never go back to your past as a victim because it will swallow you up. Always go back to your past as a victor. My God, my God. You have really spoken some wisdom and some some nuggets for us on this evening. I tell you what the enemy was trying to take you out, what he meant for bad or to harm you, God has turned it around for your good. And Miss Barth, I thank you so very much for just sharing your story with us on tonight because God truly had a purpose for your life. And thank God that you had a mindset and a forgiveness of heart to change it and not to be a victim but a victor. And now you're helping others to become victorious, and that is just amazing. I really thank you so very much. Now, before we end the show this evening, I do want you to leave us with some words. You have really given us so so much this evening, and I tell you, it's just a test of your faith. But just leave us a word of encouragement for our listeners. There may be someone that's suffering in silence. There may be somebody that's shattering their they're looking at their past, and their past is defined, defining who they are. Share with us a little encouraging inspiration words tonight. If you will come to Christ and give him everything in your life, your addictions, your hurt, your pain, your sorrow, your anger, your meanness, your the things you've done wrong, the things that have been done wrong to you, if you will surrender, surrender, it, full surrender brings full full victory. And when you surrender him 
Christ your hurt, he gives you relief. When you surrender your anger, he gives you joy. When you surrender your pain, he gives you rest. When you surrender unforgiveness, he gives you peace. And when you surrender control, he actually gives you power. When you surrender to him, he gives you victory. And when when we give him the depth that we've come from, he gives us life. Because full surrender will always lead you into that. Redemption brings hope. Hope is salvation brings hope. Hope brings redemption, and redemption brings restoration. It just all begins if you will surrender to him, this God who loves you, that you matter to. It's about that relationship of him and you and love. Then find you a good church and get in it. But don't. the church should build your relationship with God. It should never be your relationship with God. And I encourage you taste and see because I tell you God will not fail you. People will but his love will never fail you. Yes Lord. Yes Lord and praise God to that. Hallelujah Miss Barth for your testimony. Thank you so much for your encouraging words and I'm so blessed by it. I'm sure our listeners are as well. So leave us some some information about your books now. These books are, listeners, y'all got to get this book because I tell you, it will truly bless your life. So tell us where our listeners can find your book, also in the social media outlets. Yes, um, uh, you can contact me directly at any time at marshabarth.com. Again, that's just marshabarth.com. That's my website. There's a connect button there. You can purchase the purchase the books from me directly. You can purchase them from Amazon. They're both on Amazon. My publisher for the second book is Robert D. Reed Publishing. Uh, they have the books. And also you can connect with me on The Shattering on Facebook. And pretty much if you Google my name, Marsha Barth, any contact from LinkedIn, Twitter, Shattering, uh, Facebook, website will all come up. Um, you can also contact me if you have a question. I try to respond to all the messages that I get on Facebook and the different medias to try to help people if they have a question. I don't have all the answers, but I can guide you to the one who does. Yes, thank you so much, Ms. Barth, and thank you. It's been a delight to speak with you once again, and I pray God's blessings over your life and continue to motivate, encourage, and inspire others in your ministry. And thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. And you take care and be blessed. And Kamala, thank you, and continue the great work you're doing, honey. Thank you so much. Praise God. Thank you so much. Wow, listeners, this has been another great and inspiring show, and I do want to repeat again that every test in our lives make us bitter or better. Every problem comes to break us or make us. The choice is yours, whether you become a victim or a victor. But through Jesus Christ, we are victorious. And as I always say on this show, that love, God loves you with an everlasting love. And because he loves us, we have been commanded to love one another. Thanks again for tuning in to Amazing Grace right here on Faith Broadcast. Until next time, everyone have a good night and God bless.